This message comes from NPR sponsor, the Capital One Venture X Card. Earn unlimited 2X miles on everything you buy. Plus, get access to a $300 annual credit for bookings through Capital One Travel. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. Details at CapitalOne.com. Welcome to World Cafe. Hey, I'm Kaleo. When Chris Bowers Castillo of the band Kiltro was working on his debut record, Creatures of Habit, he got helpful feedback from audiences by playing early versions of the songs live. While working on the follow-up, Underbelly, he didn't have that luxury because of the pandemic. So he leaned into that absence, writing an album about what happens when that feedback, that response, goes away and only the noise remains. We catch up with Castillo to talk about the band's Chilean roots, working as a tour guide in Valparaiso, and hear a set featuring songs from Underbelly. So let's get into it. The stage, Club Dada in Dallas, Texas, recorded by Hunter Lee and mixed by Kyle Parker-Smith. This is Kiltro with Softy on World Cafe. In a soft racket 
All those lines are just words that were spoken by somebody else But you stuck these holes you never need And when you talk, you talk a lot of words And there's a man who runs the show Recording live in Dallas, it's Kiltro with the performance of Softy. It's a song from the band's new album, Underbelly. Chris Bowers Castillo from Kiltro is my guest today. I am Kaleo. It's the World Cafe. Chris, so nice to meet. Welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. So the band has its roots in Valparaiso, Chile. Um, I know that you grew up in Colorado. So how does, how does a guy from Colorado end up living in Valparaiso? Um, so my mom is from Santiago, from Chile. I grew up going back and forth a lot when I was little. It's a really beautiful city and uh, a lot of culture and, and it's, it's very bohemian. And um, 
so it's always been kind of a part of my uh, imagination. I, I imagined living there for a long time, um, but I kind of just ended up there via somebody I was seeing and and just a string of of events. And I was there for several years. I read you were a tour guide, uh, which I is a, I was, a, yeah. it seems like a great way to like discover a city. What was that experience like? It was good. It was uh, it was sometimes it was obviously really, you know, informative. I learned a lot about that place specifically. My family's not from Valparaíso. They're from other parts of Chile. But it's really an interesting way, I think, to get to know a place. And I also think it's really, really good to, to, to have that knowledge of somewhere as you live there, because everywhere you go is informed by just the little stories you have about kind of the histories of specific buildings and, the, and obviously, of course, the history of the overall neighborhood and of the city. Um, and then along the way, a lot of really kind of funny things happen. It's a, it's a city that's full of street dogs. I think if I'm just dipping into my tour guide knowledge, but there's like one dog for every 10 people, which is a lot. Um, so it's, it's really, really heavily populated with dogs. Um, so if you're a tour guide walking through a city, that's, it's a lot of like chaos because they'll, you know, they'll get attached to the group and they'll follow you from hill to hill and if you don't live in a place with street dogs, you don't realize how much of a almost like culture there is among them as well. Um, and I think that was always something that was really fascinating to me because you'd meet a dog in the road and it would just be like, Hey, and I'm going this way, you know, <laughs> but it would recognize you or sometimes they'll walk with you for, um, to your, to your home. And anyone who lives in Valparaíso can attest to that, that they have like, you know, there's a dogs in the road that, you know, and the ones you don't know as well, but they, but the people of that town really take care of them. I think that's part of it as well. They're, they're generally really friendly. Um, so yeah. And sorry, I got on a whole tangent about dogs, well, no, but, but I mean, the, that, but tour guiding, it was, a, it was a part of it, you know, with the band and everything. Well, I mean, it ties in really well because, you know, uh, from a language standpoint, the word Kiltro and is spelled a little bit differently, but that is, is it correct me if I'm wrong? Is it mutt or is it, does it actually mean street dog? Um, it's a little, I mean, I guess it's kind of both, although it, it's used in both contexts, really. Like if you were to say, um, oh, what kind of dog is it? You said it's, it's a Kiltro. That means that it's like a, it's like a mixed breed or it's a mutt. So it kind of, they both, they both, it means both. But, um, yeah, the, the band's name is Kiltro. Uh, the idea was, came from a few different places. And one of them was that I'm half Chilean and half from the United States. And, you know, and the music was, is a blend of kind of different styles and, um, and then take inspiration from the, from the street dogs, at least on that first album. And, yeah, so I think it just worked on, on multiple levels. You're listening to World Cafe here with Chris Bowers-Castillo of the band Kiltro. Uh, the sophomore album, Underbelly, is available now. And we want to play uh, a live recording of a song from the record, uh, Wanako. It is my favorite song on the album. It is got this hypnotic trance that just builds, and I am a sucker for that. <laughs> from a production standpoint, it's really, really great. But um, lyrically speaking, well, I would I would love to, I'd love for our audience to hear a little bit about the meaning behind the song. Yeah, so um, Wanako, a Wanako is like a, it's like a llama, um, but it, it spits, right? So um, <laughs> Famously. for context, and I, I sort of, <laughs> yeah, uh, so I think uh, it's, yeah, that song is kind of funny because I think that if like people who are from Chile will really, will, will get, get it, you know, I, I think because it's, it's like a reference to uh, something else as well, but um I think when I was writing, I maybe should have considered that more. But I also think it works on that level as well. It's just like, ya viene el guanaco, here comes guanaco. It's like this almost, that's sort of the hooky line. And um, it's like this beast is coming, you know, yeah. as how I imagined it, right? But in Chile, it also is used to refer to 
police vehicles that shoot water at protesters. So the idea was to make a song that wasn't specifically exp- like explicitly political, but that kind of captured that energy of like, here comes the Wanako and captures that sense of kind of anxiety. And there was these, this idea of like mixing the, the personal and the, and the, I guess the social and that feeling of like isolation is like, you know, the anxiety builds in a crowd of people, or at least those were the ideas that um, were interesting to me at the at the time of writing it. Yeah, and this was—I mean, I think if the timeline matches up, you're this was written around the time of some of the economic protests that were happening in, in right. Chile yeah. around that time. Uh, yeah, were you, so were you, by then you were you were back in North America though, but I was here at the time. Yeah, because it was pandemic. But like, what were you seeing that that sort of made you want to sort of have this dual meaning song? Because as you said in Chile, you, they would know exactly on the nose what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, so part of it was there was a lot of imagery, a lot of friends who were posting um, images from, you know, and video from protests. And and of course, the stuff that was making the news from uh, the blindings, there was a lot of people being blinded by uh, rubber bullets. Um, and then, of course, you know, you'd see the these people with these like makeshift traffic cones and concoctions to like put out tear gas and stuff. And um, so, I mean, there was a, there, it was a mix of being really inspired by that. And then also just, I mean, I've, I've been in a few protests in Chile myself when I was like, you know, a while, a long while ago, the student protest, you know, and, and seeing the one was in action and, um, and how quickly the police would respond to people. Just my own experience, that feeling of like being very in solidarity with people. And then the sudden inwardness of like, oh, you know, yeah. Here comes here comes the Wanako. Here comes the Wanako. Let's listen to a live recording from Kiltro. Uh, It's Wanako, recorded in Dallas, Texas, on World Cafe. Se levanta el rocío, que suba nomás. 
Recorded live on World Cafe, that is Kiltro with Wanako. Uh, uh, we're talking with Chris Bowers Castillo from Kiltro on the cafe. The band's new album is called Underbelly. Uh, first off, I, you guys are so great live, and that live performance was awesome. We want to give some credit to the folks who are in your band playing with you. Can you introduce uh, who's on stage with you? Yeah. Um, so, of course, there's myself. I'm playing guitar and singing and doing a lot of looping stuff. And then Will Parkhill, um, who's on bass. Uh, and was an instru- instrumental process, pro- part of the process in recording um, the the uh, both albums, really. And we got uh, Fez Garcia on drums, um, and Michael DiVincenzi also on drums. So this whole tour, we did a kind of double drummer uh, setup, you know, where we we they would play a, a, off of each other, you know. Uh, nothing gets me more fired up and excited than seeing two drum kits. I don't know what what it is about that sort of energy that comes from that. So I oh, ima- yeah. imagine being on stage, it's got to be the best. Yeah, it's great. Sometimes it's really loud in my <laughs> in my inner. Sure, but I th- but generally it's it's really it's really cool. Underbelly was written during the pandemic predominantly, so it was a lot mm-hmm. it was a lot more isolated. Can you talk a little bit about how that changed your creative process working on this record? Yeah, it was, uh, I mean, I think the, the process was very different. I think with, so with Creatures of Habit, the, you know, I, I was playing a lot of those songs out in the early days and like open mics and, um, and then, in, and then at shows, uh, for a long time before they were committed to recording. And so I had a lot of opportunity to sort of see what was working and what wasn't working, you know, whether or not people are even sort of responding to whatever it is that you're doing whether or not they're even communicating to you about whether or not they like it, or, or I think it's just the act of bringing something out that it, it gives you this sense of, uh, you your, your brain starts to work on it. You start to go, Oh, that doesn't, that doesn't work. You know what I mean? So there's that whole process that happens. It just takes it's having like, a, you know, one person in front of you to sort of like, exactly, act- <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's that thing. Um, so that was, a, that was a part of the process is, you know, when I was learning and, and but with underbelly, it didn't have that at all. Um, but the album itself, while at the time of writing, I didn't know exactly what it was about. I, you know, it became very much about, um, you know, what happens when everything falls away. And then what you're left with is all this like internal noise. And it's about that internal noise, um, or the experience of it. So it does have a, a kind of, I think, psychological quality to it. And, you know, there's the recurrent image of the cat instead of the dog, which I find is, you know, <laughs> they have all these like animal references. Now I was going to say, you, you know, um, between that and the llama, that we have a lot of pet references or a lot of animal yeah. references in it. You're listening to World Cafe. We uh, are talking to Chris Bowers Castillo of Kiltro. The new album is called Underbelly. Um, so cats, I, I mean, maybe it's an equal time thing. You know, the first album, so much of it, in terms of uh, thinking about theme and inspiration, the street dog, the mutt, 
Um, but the other quintessential house pet on your mind during uh, the recording of Underbelly, uh, tell me about sort of the connection with with cats. So I got a I got a cat very early in quarantine um, named uh, Cucho, and there's actually a, there's actually a song um, for him as well on on Underbelly. Closing track, right? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and yeah, that that so with cats, I found I felt very much like an indoor cat, you know, during the during COVID. Sort of, it's a it's an aesthetic metaphor, or sort of a kind of it's in, it's a bit in passing from what the core of the album is, but I think it kind of fits with what a cat is like in a room, you know, like looking at stuff that's not there and um, and and they're more sort of internal and sort of almost vaguely psychedelic creatures in some way. And like, you know, where dogs are very, I felt appropriate that the, that, you know, dogs would be like in creatures to have it. It's like a, they're out in the world and they're meeting all these different people, at least those street dogs. And so there's like, it's the album about stories and about different perspectives and it's more extroverted and kind of based in a location and, and underbelly is more sort of internal and dreamlike and introverted and, um, and so it just felt like a, like a grounding, uh, image or something or a sort of, uh, compelling recurring thing. Um, and yeah, and I think, and, you know, part of it was just one day I was watching Cucho just staring out the window, looking at stuff and, and then wrote, wrote that song, um, about, about him. So, yeah. So does, does Cucho, um, match up? in your estimation with what the album is trying to convey, or is it like a cat that will constantly surprise and say, no, I'm not like that at all. <laughs> Kusha's an interesting cat. He's a, uh, he's very social, but he has very specific boundaries. He just likes to be in the room with you. Like I couldn't flip him on his back or anything and mess with him. He would really, he'd mess me up. <laughs> um, but he just needs to be around you all the time. So he's, he's and he's got a lot of personality. I don't know. I think he does feel in some ways a little bit like the album. He certainly feels like his song. Which is Cuchito, yeah. right? That's right. Yeah. yeah. Well, why don't we why don't we play a track from the album to close the interview with then? Because cats need equal time too. Uh <laughs> from Kiltro, let's listen to Cuchito here on World Cafe. Hot knives and favorite dreams. That's the band Kiltro, uh, Cuchito. It is a song that closes their latest album, which is available now called Underbelly. My guest today has been Chris Bowers Castillo. Chris, thanks so much for coming on, talking a little bit about the origin of the band and talking about the new record. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. You got it. I really appreciate it. We're back in a minute with more World Cafe. All that sitting and swiping, your body is adapting to your technology. Learn how and what you can do about it. I really felt like the cloud in my brain kind of dissipated. Once I started realizing what a difference these little bricks were making, there's no turning back for me. Take NPR's Body Electric Challenge. Listen to the series wherever you get your podcasts.
This message comes from NPR sponsor Rosetta Stone, an expert in language learning for 30 years. Right now, NPR listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership to 25 different languages for 50% off. Learn more at rosettastone.com NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor Mint Mobile. From the gas pump to the grocery store, inflation is everywhere. So Mint Mobile is offering premium wireless starting at just $15 a month. To get your new phone plan for just $15, go to mintmobile.com slash switch.